I can't dance, so I figured I'd just cover this up and play the music. <laughs> Good early morning, Derek. Oh, my goodness. For everybody who doesn't know you, we're, they're going to get to know you really well. But you are in Australia, and it is Tuesday, not Monday, so that's kind of funny because it's Marketing Mondays with Ira Bowman. But it's also 6 o'clock in the morning. You got up really early to be on the show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. I already was telling you. Before the show started, I think I, I got to buy some coffee and a pastry or something to make up for this. <laughs> My pleasure, Ira. It's a pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to deeping, digging into some of the marketing trends, things that are happening in our world right now. Um, curious to see if there's any differences between what's happening in Australia and the United States. That could be kind of cool. And then I notice sometimes the differences even we were talking about, I was joking about the East Coast being the least coast and the West Coast being the best coast. That's really how I feel in the United States. But even regionally, sometimes there's some differences. So it's going to be interesting to talk to you. We're going to deep dive. If you are joining us, we have quite a few people. We're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, and we're on YouTube. If you want to shoot us just like I don't want to mispronounce the name, said hello, right? Tell us where you're from. Tell us if you're in marketing. Tell us if you're a business owner. Tell us if you're a job seeker. Tell us a little bit about yourself. That might help us steer the, the conversation. And if you have questions, the first ones in will be the first ones that we answer. We'll try not to skip any. And sure. if you ask a question and like 10 minutes go by and we don't get to it, ask it again because I probably missed it. So that's just some notes by way of introduction. So first things first, I want to I want to like let the audience know a little bit about you. So you sure. are the owner of Results Formula. I'm actually going to pull this up. You have a website. Of course you do. We're in marketing. That's what we do, right? So let's, I'm going to share that one. Yep. And then there we go. Okay. So this is ResultsFormula.com. I'm going to go ahead and accept the cookie real quick. I should have done that already. Sorry. Um, if you just want to tell us a little bit about this as we, as we scroll through. So you're doing LinkedIn for business online course. You don't just do LinkedIn, you do all social media, right? So you're a social media guy. Primarily LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. those are the two favorites. Those are the two main ones, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. So if you have LinkedIn questions or Facebook questions, now we have to be a little bit careful because we can't do LinkedIn training on LinkedIn Lives. And we are live on LinkedIn, obviously. So you're going to, you might get a DM from Derek later, some of these okay. questions. Cool. But, um, I'll let you know where we can and where we can't stop if you're not familiar with those rules. They just don't want us to teach people how to use LinkedIn basically on this stuff. So how to use LinkedIn for business to build relationships. This is something that I deal with every day. Yeah. So this is where we have some overlap, which is totally fine. Um, I'm going to put this link in the comments so that you all, wherever you're watching us from YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook, you can click on this. I suggest that you would hit that bookmark or that favorite and watch our show, and then you can go check it out even more after we're done, right? And then also, I should have done this too, which I didn't do because I really am a slacker today. I'm going to put Derek's um, LinkedIn profile in the chat too so that you guys can, if you're not already connected with him or following him, Go ahead and reach out. Uh, Derek, are you maxed out now on LinkedIn? Like, Not quite yet, but getting close. Okay. So get in while the getting is good is what he just said. So find Derek here on LinkedIn, and you can also find him on Facebook. We actually are connected on both, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So, All right. So there's some links for you. Uh, let's see. We do have Paula Goodman, who's one of my bestest friends. She's from Canada. You know, it's funny. I put on, I'm in some chat rooms like most of us are. And I put up a thing and I said, I'm going to be live in 90 minutes. And Paula, you know how they do the finger pointing with the number one? Yep. Well, she used the other finger. And uh, so she gave me the bird twice. Unawares, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think what she was doing is saying, I'm going to be there. But instead, I got the double bird. And I was like, 
I know Paula. She is so nice. I don't know that she would even do that. She is. I'm, I'm a great friend of Paula's. I'm, I'm a <laughs> lovely lady. But it is something that I'm not going to let just go because we tease each other. It's what we do. All right. <laughs> hello, Usman and Mitra. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Remember, tell us where you're from. Tell us what you do because this is going to help Derek and I address your specific needs. So, for example, if you're a job seeker, we can help you because LinkedIn branding for your you know, job search is important. In fact, I was having a, you know, one of those networking posts where you, Hey, let's follow each other kind of thing yesterday, just to do something in the afternoon. And somebody was showing up with that dreaded gray picture icon because we weren't connected. Yeah. And I said, bro, you need to fix that. Like right now he's like, well, I don't have time. I'm searching for a job. I said, wait, stop the presses. <laughs> <laughs> you're searching for a job and people can't see you. You're not going to get interviews from people. You need to fix that right now. So go into your profile settings and then pick your picture and then just change visibility to public because you're going to, you're going to find making new connections easier, but also getting the interviews. They want to see you. They want to look at your LinkedIn profile. That's why we're all on LinkedIn, right? You know, exactly. you're looking for a job, super important. So tell us business owner, uh, sales rep, uh, Whatever you're in, you're you're a CMO, you're an an admin assistant in the marketing department, you're in HR. Whatever you do, tell us so we we know. And if you tell us where, we could try to focus the conversation on things that might help you as well. Okay, so again, this is all by way of introduction, just trying to make sure that people know. <laughs> she's sorry. <laughs> she's sorry for flipping me off. Yeah, I know she was she was meaning to do that, and she ended up doing <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm thinking of investing. What should I invest in? Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a real one because I'm looking at the name of the yeah, we're just gonna skip past that. She's blushing. Well, then I, I have done my job. William Smith, hello from California. I'm in California, William Smith. Where are you from? What do you do? Um, all right, I'm gonna shut up for a couple minutes because I could talk the whole time. I do that. Sorry. Uh, what I'd like you to do, I've still got your website up. Okay. It's gonna move. If go. you will do this for me, just like maybe two minutes, three minutes, introduce a little bit of who you are, your company, and if you prefer, I can go. I can go to this view, or I can leave it here so we can see your website. And if you tell me like go here and click on that, I can do that too. <clears throat> so, but I'm the floor is yours, my friend. Tell us a little bit about Results Formula and tell us about Derek. Uh, hello everybody, Derek Mildred is my name and basically what I do is I help people get some better results from both LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, LinkedIn for some people if you don't know what to do, if you don't know the best ways to use it can be a challenge and um, so I'm basically a LinkedIn coach and enjoy working with people, coaching people, helping them, answering their questions etc so that they can get some better results from this amazing platform that we all love. Very good. Okay. So you do individual coaching for people who want to be better on Facebook and or LinkedIn. Yes. Do you yeah. coach for coaching sessions for businesses too? Like if they have a sales. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also have a LinkedIn course that's uh, about to come out very shortly. In fact, uh, hoping to release that in January. So really excited, really excited did, about that. Did you create this logo? Uh, yes, I did actually. There's an interesting story behind that. Well, when I say I created it, I, I purchased it from one of those image sites. Okay. Um, and the, the funny thing about it was the actual name or title of the logo was Phoenix. I just looked at it and thought, that's a really good looking logo. That's a cool looking logo. I'll buy that and I, I reckon I'll use that. And um, so I then went over to, I think it was Canva and I put my name underneath it, results formula, and played around with that a little bit. And then um, I thought maybe I should put a circle around it. So I put this circle around it and I couldn't decide whether I should have um, with the circle or without the circle. So I put it up as an A-B split test on LinkedIn yeah. on Boxing Day. And the funny thing about it was... Is it, Boxing Day a thing in Australia? Day after Christmas, I, I guess so. But I, I put this this logo up. This is probably about four years ago. And this was my first viral post. 
And within a day, it had about 10,000 views. Within about three days, it was up to 20 or 30,000 views. And then over the next, thousand, next couple of weeks, it actually topped out at over 150,000 views. Okay. And it was just an A-B split test. Which, was your, which, which logo do you think I should use, A or B? And in all the comments, every five or ten comments, there, was, there would be a comment along the lines of, you cannot hold back the phoenix. Right. You can't restrict the phoenix. You can't hold down the phoenix. I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? And they were referring to the circle that I put around it. The circle is a cage, yeah. <laughs> yep. And so obviously that, that's the one I went with. So, yeah, that's my logo. All right. Hope White is an amazing, amazing person. I had her on another show that I do called Ask Ira, Job Seekers Q&A. And mm -hmm. who she is, is, she is a specialist for helping transitioning military folks get private sector jobs. Right. Government, I'm sorry, government jobs. So mm -hmm. they're no longer military, if that makes sense, right? You want to work for the federal government, you want to work for a state, something like that. Hope White can help. Anyways, she her question is here, recommendations for someone adding services and charging for the first time. After, yep. yeah, she's been providing free services forever. A decade, she even says how long. Okay, especially when my connections are used to the free stuff. Yep. So, Derek, I'm going to let you hit this first, and I will follow you up on that. This is a great topic, Hope. Thank you. Okay, great question. Thank you, Hope, for, for asking. Um the, the way that I look at LinkedIn and, and many people that I know, uh, pe particularly people who are using LinkedIn to generate business, um, and my course is all about using LinkedIn to, to generate business, is that when you sell on LinkedIn, it's too early in the conversation, okay? I describe LinkedIn in two ways. It's it's a tool to get the, the, the conversation started, and within it, there are several tools that you can use so basically what you do is you use LinkedIn to build on those relationships, take the conversation to the next level, which is a phone call, a Zoom call, et cetera, face-to-face -face meeting even. Um, and then during that call at the next level, that Zoom call, then discuss the different options that you would have available and your fees for those options. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I will say this too. Part of... LinkedIn is building an audience, okay? Yeah. So if your current audience is 100% used to you giving away free stuff, for example, Project Help You Grow. Everybody knows Project Help You Grow. Project Help You Grow has been around for years. It's my baby, and uh, it's all free. In fact, there you cannot spend any money on Project Help You Grow. It's not only free help. It's only free help, okay? So everything about Project Help You Grow, there's, there's no price associated with it at all. When I switched gears from the print industry, you know, as an employee to business owner as Bowman Digital Media, I had to do an audience pivot. And this is kind of what I think, Hope, you're going to have to do. So when you start making your posts, your posts are going to be a little bit different. And you're going to be trying to seek out a different audience now. What I find that works for me and a lot of my clients too, frankly, is we don't sell, we really don't sell on LinkedIn. You know, I don't use direct messages. There's a lot of spam that happens right now in direct messages and that happens on Facebook too. It's irritating and uh, it's actually, it can be more harmful than anything else. Like you can ruin your relationships. You can ruin your reputation. You don't want to be a spammer. So what I typically will do is I will advertise services, for example, in posts, and I'll try to be creative about it. And there won't be a price usually associated with it. Like, hey, you need a new, you know, website. Here's a website that I just got done doing for, you know, Joe the Finance Guy or for West Bay or for whoever my clients that I've done websites for, right? So I'll do informational posts. This, you know, you can read into it if you want to, and I hope you guys do. <laughs> that I'm trying to advertise some of my services, but it's not a, it's not a, um, a blatant sales pitch. I yeah. never DM people about, you know, you should hire Bowman Digital Media to do whatever. That's a phone call. That's an email. That's a meeting or a Zoom meeting. Frankly, is what I do most of the time for Zoom meetings. But if you're looking to get more traction on LinkedIn, more traction on Facebook, then you you want to start talking about openly 
hey, these are some things that, you know, services that people pay for. And I'm starting to offer some of those. If you're interested, reach out to me. That's not a sales pitch. That'll get you a pivot. And then you want to start thinking about, okay, who are the people that are willing to pay for this service too? Who are the titles? Where are they at geographically? What is the demographics? You know, are they male? Are they female? Are they old? Are they young? You fill in all the blanks demographics wise, but whatever. And then you're going to start targeting those folks. I don't know if you're using like sales navigator, which is a tool on LinkedIn. I'm sure LinkedIn won't mind me talking about because it's a premium service. Um, you can buy that and you can filter out people that way. There's a lot of different ways to get that audience to pivot, but posts, articles, showing i mean testimonials are another great one too by the way you can have, you can have somebody um you know write a post about you for you saying hey you know hope was able to hope was able to get me from here to there in an, an exponential amount of time i would have never got there as fast so those are some of the things hopefully that helps i know that's a little bit nerdy and long-winded but Derek, go ahead um just to add lib on that just a little bit uh ira um hope I haven't seen your profile, but um, recommendations. Try to get as many recommendations as you can. They are a valuable part of social proof and you can never have too many of them. So make that part of your ongoing LinkedIn strategies to ask people for recommendations when you're giving them a coaching session, a consulting session, etc. Build up your recommendations. I... <laughs> Okay, so hang on a second. I'm going to pull up my website. Bowman Digital Media. One of the things that I did, and I suggest all of you do it. We all get recommendations on LinkedIn. Well, I'm presuming because we're good at what we do, right? And so one of the things that I did is I created, let me share it here. I created a testimonials page on my, my website. Cool. And I'm taking the testimonial from folks on LinkedIn that apply to what I do for a living. And then I'm tying it back to them. So it's like, okay, here's their profile photo. Here's their name. Here's what they said about me. It's public information. So you don't even need to ask them, although you probably want to ask them, hey, would you be all right if I do this? But because they've written you a public letter of recommendation or referral, if you will, you can just do it. But this right here is. It's something people really like and you yeah. can click on this and this will take you to, you know, their LinkedIn profile. So I made it a win-win. This helps increase their exposure too. There's that, that lady who flipped me You're off. The amazing <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyways, testimonials, a hundred percent. I agree with you um, on that, Derek, but that doesn't surprise me. You're smart. That's why I brought you on the show. Thank I didn't you. like you. <laughs> if I didn't think you were good, I wouldn't, you know, and you're my first official guest on this show. This is only the second week, but last week I just flew solo. So anyways, I'm super excited to have you here. Okay. It looks like we are caught up on the questions. If you guys have questions for Derek or myself or in general, go ahead and put them in the comments and we will address so private and I've actually turned them down. Hope. Um, yeah. So you probably don't want to do that anymore. Well, let me work on work on that a little bit. Um, I've I've spent the better portion of most of this year building up my recommendations for the release of my LinkedIn course. So I wanted yeah. to have as many recommendations as I possibly could. Um, during that journey through most of this year, um, I would have had probably two or three that I haven't put on my profile, only because I, I thought, okay, that's not quite the recommendation I was hoping for. And so I, I dismissed it um, and it's okay. You can do that, but truly ask for as many as you can try to get as many as you can, because as I mentioned in a post the other day, recommendations are your social proof and they are what literally celebrate the wannabes from the doers and achievers. That's right. In the eyes of your target audience. So really important to, to work and build consistently on your social proof. Well, think about recommendations too, like this, a business is going to have what they call case studies, right? Yeah. So on their website, they're going to have case studies. This is a client. This was the problem. We utilize this vendor. This vendor fixed our problems here and we are so happy. 
right? That's that's what people do on their business websites. And it helps you to establish some trust. Like, okay, I'm going to give this company a shot based on that. Recommendations can do the same thing and hope you can get them relatively quickly because you've been helping so many people for so long. It's just a quick ask. It really is. It, it comes down to, hey, you've known me for a while. You know, I'm making a pivot. And you could be honest with people like, look, I'm making a pivot. I'm switching from the free because, you know, Nobody's going to nobody's going to um, fault you for wanting to to earn a living doing what you're doing because it's valuable. Mm. Right. It's like the stuff I do for Project Help You Grow. I specifically do that as a philanthropy because I have another source of income. If I didn't have that other source of income and I wanted to pivot into full time recruiter, that kind of a role, I've thought about it. I really could do that. My heart is more in the marketing space, so I'm going to probably stay in my lane. But pivots happen. And people aren't going to fault you for that. In fact, if you've helped somebody, I don't see why they wouldn't write you a letter of recommendation. I mean, I could probably write you one just on what we talked about on my show. She was on my show for like two and a half hours. I mean, we, wow. we yeah, we we hit a lot of stuff. And she she goes in depth. And I'd met her at a vets to industry. Um, and you're familiar with that because you're gonna you're gonna be that's that's the charity that I that I use. Yeah, that, yep, that absolutely. But that's to industry. She was on it. She was the keynote speaker at one of the events. And that's, oh, where, I, that's where I met her. She's mm -hmm. really, when I say she's really good, I, I'm not trying to just, you know, puff her up because of, you know, hyperbole. I'm, I mean, she really knows what she's doing. So for her to get letter of recommendation should be just, just as simple as asking for it really is all it would take. And yep. hope I, it could be uncomfortable. I know, I know, but if you need advice on how to ask, send me a DM. I'll give you, I'll give you some pointers. Hmm. Sometimes that's all it takes to ask. I think most of the time that's all it takes to ask. Look, if I ask you for a letter of recommendation and you don't feel comfortable giving me one, I'm not going to take it any further than that. It's either yes or no, you know, and another thing, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. It's easier to get when you give. So another mm. strategy for these, you know, referrals for whatever you're looking for in life, if you give some, you're likely going to receive because people give first and then you get, and that that strategy works so so well on LinkedIn. There's there's a balance. Most people have a balance in their mind, and if you like, if you start pouring into me, I'm going to feel uncomfortable if I don't pour back. Mm. Right? You had me on a, on <clears> as a guest <throat> the other day, and I'm like, hey, come on my show. I don't know if that's psychologically why I did it, but either way, that's how it worked. You know? Yep. All right. You got something cooking in your brain. What do you got? Sometimes that's all it takes is an ask. Hey, Paula. Um, thank you for asking. And yes, that that's the key. Just just ask and and You'll, you'll find the more times you ask the question, the better you will become at actually asking that question. And you'll polish it, you'll refine it so that it starts to work for you and you become more comfortable with it. And you'll find that those numbers of recommendations start coming in, for example, uh, with Hope. And um, I, I make it as easy as possible. I actually send them the link to give me that recommendation. So all they've got to do is click on that link and, and write it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's the key is just to make it part of your overall use or strategy on LinkedIn. So yeah, just ask. And that's now, the some, some people are pre-writing them and saying, hey, I've written one for you. I am not a huge fan of that strategy because people have a, a normal um, speech pattern, like words that they'll use and, you know, syntax, all that stuff. If, if, if I try to write one for myself from the... Pur purview of Derek, I'm not going to do a good job. And it's actually short-sighted because they might have went further on things than I would go, right? So be careful pre-writing referrals and recommendations is all I'm saying there, right? Asking for them is one thing. Presumptive pre-written ones are not, in my opinion, not. not I've actually seen somebody do that before. Um, I think they had their PA do it. And um they must have treated it as a numbers game because they literally had a ton of recommendations that were almost all identical. And I actually think it harmed his overall brand positioning of himself and his services on LinkedIn. I won't divulge his name, but um, yeah, it wasn't. 
wasn't a good look. Okay, Paula, um, I've been asked by strangers to recommend. I tell them I need to know what I'm supporting. It does take time. I personally will not give a recommendation to a stranger. I, I will not give a recommendation to somebody who just asks for one. Um, I need to, to do a coaching session with them or um, some kind of session with them. So I don't just give them out. What's more, um, I will never do a trade-off. I'll never do you give me one, I'll give you one in return because I think that can definitely be seen as harming your brand because people can see that. Um, people can see that you've given this person one and you've got one from them. So well, yeah. I, th I think that that can be okay in, in, in circumstances like this. If I have an employee who's a rock star and yeah. I'm a manager and I write them one and they write me one back, which I would expect that probably happens a lot, but people can see like, Oh, he was employed by or managed by or coworkers. Yeah. With. That's a little bit different when you're talking about somebody you met on social media. You're not yeah. even on say LinkedIn, but you just met them online. And you've never done any real work together. You've never, you know, worked for the same company. That, yeah, you got to be careful. And I too agree 100% with what you're saying. Strangers, uh uh. I refuse most people who ask me. And it isn't because they're not worthy, it's because I don't know them. How can I give you my stamp of approval if I've never worked with you? Now, in Hope's case, this is where I said I, I'm I'm right there with Hope. Like Hope is Hope is one of those for me borderlines because I've been in a conference with her and seen her go, and I've been on a Q and A show very much like this, just on you know the job search for two and a half hours, and she's very detailed. We could have went another hour and a half easy, like I had scheduled an hour show. We went two and a half hours, so we we we, we didn't have any any struggle, you know, talking. Um, so anyways, that's, that's where it's like, okay, I feel comfortable, you know, to a certain extent. Now I will say this, and this kind of ties into all of this, not all recommendations are equal mm. because the title of the person who writes it, the quality of the content that they write and how applicable it is to what you're trying to achieve. Those are all things you have to consider. For mm. example, when I switched from being a print sales rep to Bowman Digital Media, some of the recommendations and the referrals that I had were no longer really valid. And I stripped them out. I pulled them out. I have had some for Bowman, uh, for Project Help You Grow. I'm not trying to do Project Help You Grow as a, as a living. You know what I mean? Like I want people to use it because it's a free resource and I hope you know they benefit from it. But at the end of the day, that isn't what I do for a living. So those referrals, recommendations, well, I appreciate you know, the sentiment behind them, they don't help me either. So you've got to be a little bit critical about what you allow to be displayed on that. That's what Derek and I are both saying mm. there. So let's see what we've got. I've told people, thank you. Come right back and ask for that one. It depends. Yeah. So again, if I don't know you, if I haven't worked with you on a project, at least I'm probably not going to refer you. Like Paula's yeah. written me one because I built her website for her. Fantastic. I appreciate, I, I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. That's that's why I accepted it, because that's what my company does. So um, for me, that made sense. I've had a lot of people who said I was like the LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's not really what I'm looking for here, guys. But thank you. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of you to say I appreciate it, but it's not how I make my living. One, right. one way that you can actually um, get some recommendations is you can do a free coaching session or a free cons consultation, free consulting session, half an hour even. And um, yeah. as long as you give people some value in that session, then you can ask them for a recommendation. That session also can help you build that relationship with them so that you can possibly take that conversation to another level, which could be a business relationship. Let's switch gears here a little bit. We're halfway in the show. I want to do a little bit. 2020 has been an interesting year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're both in the same space. We're marketing and we're helping people, you know, basically increase visibility. That's really what we do. Right. So what would you say the biggest challenge that you've noticed for your clients? I mean, it's really been the whole year. I mean, frankly, it's just been the last nine months, but. But for 2020, you know, most people didn't have COVID-19 on their on their minds. We had no idea the world was going to shut down and 
you know, it was basically going to become a virtual paradise. It just is what it is. So what would you say some of the biggest challenges or the biggest challenge? Let's let's talk about it because I want to give people some practical tips or some advice if they haven't figured out how to overcome these things. So let's try to diagnose and then we'll prescribe, if you will. A lot of people that I've spoken to during the year, and I talk to people every week, um, their biggest challenge has been the fear of COVID and the lockdown, getting used to working from the home environment, um, being in a locked down environment. Um, that, that's been their, their biggest concern. Um, some of them are dealing with it much better than others. And I, I think I, I personally, I've been through four, two lots of four month lockdowns. It's worked here in Melbourne, Australia. Um, for 35 days, we had zero cases and zero deaths. So that was fantastic. We've just uh, recently, literally two or three days ago, we've got five cases. They're actually international travelers who flew in and are now in quarantine. Um, but during those lockdown periods, I just basically got stuck into some good work. And a lot of my clients and people that I coach to, um, they just did the same. They just look at it took it as an opportunity just to get stuck into some good work. For some people, um, it's a bit more of a challenge because they, they might have kids um, and they're trying to manage everybody, so to speak. And um, you've literally just got to do the best that you can and, and just get through this. It's it's not going to be forever. It's, it's shorter term instead of longer term. And we've literally just got to get through it. You know, I have eight kids. I don't know if you're yeah. I have eight kids. So one of the challenges for me going into COVID was I was still a sales rep for a very large print company. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted anybody to hear my kids. Like they didn't know I was working from home kind of thing. If I was on a call or if I was on a Zoom or whatever, you know, so going into COVID, I had this very high tense anxiety. I don't know if I'm describing it right, but you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, you might hear a kid cry in the background or scream with excitement or whatever. I mean, my kids make all kinds of noise. And I personally feel like my house is made out of paper mache. It's really not, but it sounds like it is because noise, like it just travels. Like we can hear everything. It took me probably, I want to say till like June, maybe July, something like that. A couple months for sure to get used to the noise coming. It's happening right now. I don't think my mic allows it to make it to the air, which is awesome. But I invest in good equipment, which helps. But I think for me, that was one of the biggest challenges. It was just like being comfortable in meetings when my kids are audibly present. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there are a lot of parents. I know I deal with some, uh, solopreneurs, they're ladies, they're working from home and they've got kids and they're trying to do stuff at different hours. But I'm like, you know what? You could do more in the regular day now because I know what it is. They don't want, you know, the screaming and the crying and all that stuff to get, to get in it. But I think people have a tolerance, a different tolerance for that because most people are working from home now. Right. I don't know yeah. if that's true in, in Australia, although I think it is. It's certainly true in California where I live. Mm. We are, we, we're not allowed to leave our house right now. Yeah. We're, we're on hundred percent lockdown. So, which, you know, some people don't like, some people do. The fact is anything to help us get rid of this thing, I'm down with it, but that's my personal, right. I don't want to take us off topic, but if my kid walks in right now and I've had this happen actually during client meetings and it's kind of cute sometimes, especially when my, when my clients get like, they smile. You see my six-year-old come in and she's got curly orange hair and she's standing right next to me and she's just like, oh, dad's on a show. Cool. I'm going to sit here and watch. There you go. Yeah, yeah we got, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but that for me has been personally probably the biggest challenge. I'm going to tell you what I, what I have seen and you can tell me what you think about this. A lot of people weren't ready for the digital transition. They didn't have the equipment. They didn't have the knowledge, working knowledge of how these programs work. Um, but now a lot of people do, so they've, they've adjusted to that. But they still are having trouble figuring out, how do I increase sales? 
How do I build an audience? How do I get people to go from social media over to my website and get those, you know, build that sales funnel? Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, I think that's something that everybody watching is pretty much interested in, even if they won't say it publicly because they don't want to embarrass themselves. But I know that's sure. a hot ticket item. When I talk to people privately, that's always the, like the number one thing. How do I build my audience? How do I get them to go from here to there? Because even getting people to come over to a LinkedIn Live is tough. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> the way that I coach my clients on, on how to build sales with LinkedIn, number one, I describe LinkedIn as being the largest database of businesses, their owners, and their employees. And when you think about it, that's exactly what it is. It's got its social media side, which is the news feed, and it's got your profile side. It's also a tool that you use to get the conversation started and to establish, build, and nurture those relationships so that you can take the conversation to the next level. Um, So there's some amazing opportunities in there once you figure out or once you learn how to actually use it along those lines. Um, If you are looking for leads for your particular business, there's two ways that you can find them on LinkedIn. You can search for companies, you can search for people within your particular target audience, your niche, etc. And you can do it that way. The easiest way to do it is with LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I describe LinkedIn Sales Navigator as the sales funnel of LinkedIn. And that's I love exactly that tool. I love that tool. exactly what it is. It's an awesome, amazing tool takes a little bit of setting up. It's not hard. LinkedIn actually has um, help you out, 10 or 15 very short, very concise how-to style step-by-step videos. They're literally 25 or 35 seconds long that will show you exactly how to set it up. And then the beautiful part about Sales Navigator, and not many people are aware of this, is it's a separate website to LinkedIn, even though it's part of LinkedIn, and yeah, it, has it, has own, it has its own news feed. And once you have your lists of prospects or target prospects set up on Sales Navigator, it will actually populate its own news feed with content from just those potential leads. So you imagine your entire news feed on LinkedIn via Sales Navigator populated with just leads or content, just content from your leads. How many times times has this happened to you where you go, I never see fill in the blank person yeah. in my feed anymore because as your network grows, you're close mm-hmm. to 30,000. I've been maxed out at 30 for a long time. So my feed, no offense, is basically useless. But my sales navigator feed is 100% yeah. who I want to see. That's yeah. that's a huge difference. Just in case you guys aren't familiar with what Derek's talking about. It's amazing. So yeah. if it's not, you just need to make the tweaks. <laughs> <laughs> and get it get it back on, on point you get to control your own algorithm in a sense that's, that's and the, the tweaks on sales navigator is the tweaks with your search right. so if, if, if you're searching for let's say your your target audience might be mortgage brokers for example um and let's say you're searching for finance brokers instead of mortgage brokers try both search terms and and you can see yeah. the differences in the results that come well, up save, so your, save your leads that right? tweak yeah, save your leads, and every time they post or every time they comment, you know it'll yeah. it'll actually shoot you a notification. Super cool. And then what you can literally do is, um, I always recommend to be a little bit strategic. So figure out your messaging sequence and and work it out as an actual message sequence. Don't just connect with them and then think to yourself, "Boom, I want to pitch to them," because that's way too early in the conversation. They connect don't even know them. you yet. They don't Sorry. know you, right? Exactly. So you exactly. got to build that. You got to build that relationship. Yeah. So what they, connect that, with them, send them a thank you message. Yeah. Start to add value, start to build on that relationship. And then when the time is right, when you've got a bit of a conversation going on with them and it's backwards and forwards, then start to take that conversation to the next level, which can be a Zoom call, invitation to event, face-to-face meeting, etc. Building rapport on social media is as simple as you commenting on other people's posts and doing it in ways that isn't you know, add, add something to the conversation. If you're, if you're talking about your avatar, your target audience, and, and you're following them in a navigator, however you're finding them, what you should be doing, in my opinion, and I don't care where, I don't care if it's YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, I'm on all of them, okay? 
if you see something for me and I am a prospect for you, you should be posting comments on my stuff. Make a point. Did you know you can bookmark like a favorite people? Mm -hmm. I don't care what platform again. So you could go to my YouTube channel. You could subscribe to my channel, but you don't even have to do that. You could just go and save that URL website address as a favorite in your bookmarks. And then you can say on Mondays, I'm going to go through Iris social media and I'm going to make comments on Iris posts. Now that's a strategy. That's an actionable strategy. You don't need to automate it. You don't need to have any special tools. You can just do that. Now there are tools out there to make it helpful or more easy for you to manage that and to do more. So depending on your needs, we could talk about all that stuff in a, in a session, but rapport building is a lot about what's everybody's favorite topic. It's themselves. So hmm. if, if you don't know me and I don't know you and you want to get to know me, you want to sell me something eventually, have some patience. This is a game of chess, not checkers. The first thing you want to do is is bring me into your consciousness, right? I, I need to be aware of that you even exist. If the first thing you send me is a pitch, that'll be the last thing you send me because I'll block you. Yeah. I just, I will. And a lot of people are like that because we're, we, we are fatigued is the, the popular way to say this right now. We have fatigue. We have Zoom fatigue. We have spam fatigue. We have email fatigue. We're just tired of being locked up, man. We want to go outside. <laughs> my, my head is so bright. I need the <clears throat> sunshine. I live in the desert where it's 100,000 degrees and I look like I'm an albino, but I'm not really. <laughs> Anyways, um, but one thing I think, Derek, people don't understand but they're starting to try to want to understand. So we can talk about this. How does website traffic, how does it come about? Like, what are the pieces of it? Because social media is certainly a big piece of it. And it can be more when you think about organic and paid. You put those yep. two together, that could be a big chunk. <clears throat> There's more. We talked about referrals earlier, recommendations. That's a part of it for sure. Repeat, mm -hmm. you know, re repeat or referral. Business is a big part of that, but also then there's the emails and the phone calls and, you know, you, you find people at meetings or like I had you on as a guest on my show and you got a visitor on your website today. And I'm sure I'm going to get you a few more from people clicking on that link because, you know, yeah, I have a network. Right. So that's going to be good. So where does website traffic come from? I think this is one of the things in 2020 that more people have searched out than probably ever thought they would. Like yep. one of the surprises of 2020 is, yep. okay, if we're doing all this virtually, how do I build, How you know, I can't make cold calls in person anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't go to the networking events and have a cocktail with somebody or a coffee with somebody. You know what I mean? Like I love LinkedIn locals. I mm -hmm. love going to those because then you get to meet people on LinkedIn who are actually involved in LinkedIn and they're in your geographical area. For me, LinkedIn local events are amazing. Right now, yeah. we can't do those in person, but in our area, and I'm sure in a lot of your areas, we're doing them virtually. You know, We don't sure. get quite the audience that we would get in person, and it's not exactly the same, obviously, but I like the LinkedIn Locals because it's, to me, most of this comes down to relationships. I don't know about you, but you have to, like, for somebody to spend money with me, I want them to be someone that I can vibe with. Like, if we don't have a, a natural vibe, then I don't want you as a client because- when we come across a problem and we're going to because life is, you know, business is real, not, you know, fairy tale stuff here. There's always challenges. And when you have a client vendor relationship where you guys get along, right, then that makes it easier to overcome those challenges. I have a client right now. We're having trouble with her um, sound stitching. I made a video for her and I recorded the audio separate from the video. And when she's watching it, she's seeing a little bit of a, a differential between the audio and the video. And I'm looking at it going, it looks perfect to me, but because we get along, this isn't an argument. It's just like, okay, I need to know, is it, is it, is it the audio ahead of the video or is the video behind the, you know what I mean? Like, just tell me which way you want me to bump it and I'll bump it. But hmm. you know, we're actually, what we're doing is we're sending that video to a few of her friends who are familiar with the way she talks and watching the video. And we didn't even tell them that we think there's a little bit of a stitching issue. We just want to see if they notice it. Yep. You know what I mean? And that all comes from having a relationship. If you don't have that relationship, sometimes, you know, that's where lawsuits happen. And that's where, you know, you get pissed off clients and they call you a freaking idiot. 
<laughs> I don't know if they're like that in Australia, but here in California, if you mess up, you're a freaking idiot. Sometimes it's not freaking, it's the other word, but anyways. Um, to answer your question, Ira, how does um, how do people get website traffic? There's basically two ways people can get traffic to their website. One is um, good search optimization of the website, which yeah, SEO. is how it displays on Google. Um, I did websites and SEO for six years. Um, the other way to drive traffic, and it can be far more qualified traffic, is via social media and by using your social media content to build relationships with people, and then that's going to drive more qualified traffic towards your website. Okay, yeah. and so the question you would ask yourself uh, with online in general is when people want to know more about you, when people want to know more about the products or the services that you offer, and they look into you further, when people look at your LinkedIn profile, when they look at your website, your Facebook, your YouTube channel, etc., what are they going to see and how well does that present you towards your target audience? And that's where you it's a good idea to have brand congruency, which is consistency of brand, consistency of message across all those different channels, because bearing in mind a confused mind says no. Okay, yeah. so you yeah. don't want to have anything that creates any kind of doubt, negativity or skepticism. You want everything to be consistent as possible. Um, and that way you'll get more inquiries and more to the point, those inquiries will be far more qualified, far more interested in what it is that you have to offer. <clears throat> if, if your message is not consistent yeah. and people are confused, you're actually better not to have the volume because you're going to be turning more people away because you get one chance to make the first impression. I tell this with people all the time to tell this to people yeah, all the time. That's right. Like we don't, we don't want to rush to build your audience when you're still trying to develop your message. Your message needs to be on point. Once it's on point, now let's escalate this thing and, and ramp up the eyeballs. But until then, it's actually better if you're only seen by people who already know you, who will give you positive feedback and probably are going to use you anyways. Because mm -hmm. I got to tell you, the first four months of Bowman Digital Media, my message was, was I was still shaping it. I had to figure out, like, what is my company the best at? You know what I mean? Like, what? why would you come to me over somebody else? There are millions of marketing companies out there trust me <laughs> so what yeah. is it about Bowman Digital Media that's that's different other than it's run by me right well that was part of what I had to figure out well that's why a lot of people want to use it is because you know not only can I create the video or the website for them but then I can advertise it on my social media platforms and they get instant visibility high splash counts right and just to add lib on that a little bit there, Ira, um, this is comes back to what we were talking to Hope a, a little bit about earlier, and that is your social proof. So yeah. when people have a look at your website, for example, when they have a look at your LinkedIn profile and they want to know more about you, if they see that you've got a whole ton of social proof, then they start to take you a lot more seriously, which is the kind of scenario you want to create. And so make social proof an important part of your marketing strategy overall and present it to the audience out there. That's where for me, and I think this is going to become more and more common, all the websites that I build, every single one of them, I'm tying social media over into the website. I'm creating a bridge, yeah. if you will. And you saw how I do it on my site. It's with the testimonials, but yeah. also... You know, for companies that are not dealing with individuals they're or they're dealing with companies, so they're business to business, I'm doing the case studies and I'm tying, I'm doing, you know, we haven't talked about backlinks on this show, but one of the things to build your SEO optimizations up, you know, and get your domain authorities up, get your page ranks up is, you know, these backlinks, having other businesses link to your pages, you know, your website pages helps you build that audience. Now, if you can get people from social media to come over to your website or you can get them to come from a site they trust over to your website, your opportunity to have already some pre-established credibility or trust, if you will, is higher. And this is where I value those more than Google ads or paid advertisements, because when somebody is typing in a search, let's say they're looking for marketing and they they find your you know, your website. So results formula comes up. 
but they've never heard of Derek. They've never heard of your company. When they click on it, there's going to be some skepticism. There's going to be like, well, you know, let me see. But if you have somebody coming from one of these other places, again, it's a trusted source. Or for example, Paula Goodman, her website, secretofthesoul.com. She has a partners tab. On her partners tab is Bowman Digital Media, which I appreciate. I frankly put it there, but anyways, I'm there. <laughs> if you trust Paula, which a lot of people do and they should, she's an awesome person. And she's got 100,000 followers on LinkedIn, by the way. So she's you know got a huge social media network in her own right. Now, they come to her website. They like her stuff. They go to the partners tab. They see us. They click over. The odds are, because that's a referral from Paula to me, the odds are more likely that they're going to do something with me than someone who came from my Google my Google ad or AdSense or whatever you want to call it, because it seems like they change Google words, AdSense. <laughs> it seems like it seems like they change that every once in a while. But anyways, you know what I'm saying? Like I pay a certain fee for my for my company's advertising, obviously, like most people do. And so these are one of those things like if you are not if you're if you're not a marketing person, but you're looking for marketing help, like how do I build my LinkedIn profile, build my LinkedIn audience? Well, I'm going to suggest maybe you have a conversation with Derek because Derek does that for a living. I, I'm, I can tell you, Derek, Derek's pretty good at this stuff, right? Thank so you. reach out reach out to him. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're trying to build your website traffic, you might want to have a conversation with me. Now, maybe not. I'm not saying I'm the right fit for everybody. But the fact is, that's a, that's a uh, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong, but that's something that people are focusing on this year that I don't think they intended to focus on. I think that's one of the, the surprises of 2020 is how do I... I think people would eventually get there in all all phases because like e-commerce is growing. Obviously, you know, social media has got billions of people on it. People will have websites and, you know, I saw an amazing thing. They're forecasting when I say they, it's one of those. I can't remember the source exactly, but it was it was a big agency forecast that. By 2040, and I can find out who this is because I was doing a piece on Amazon when I was doing this research. They say by 2040, they anticipate 95% of retail spending worldwide to be done via a digital source. So a website or an app. Mm. Think about that. $300, $400 billion worth of sales, 95%, which is only like 50% now, by the way. So it's it's huge growth. And most of that's done by Amazon, by the way, which is Amazon. I think the next two competitors are Walmart. I can't remember who the other one is off the top of my head, but they were like Amazon was like 40 percent and Walmart and the next person combined were like five percent or something like that. It's like Amazon's crushing it. But why does Amazon crush it is because I think they make it so easy. Not a lot of words, a lot of pictures, make it easy to buy. Anyways, this is not an Amazon commercial, but <laughs> I was I was blown away. I was writing a press release, what I was doing the research for. I was writing a press release for one of my clients, and they had been awarded Amazon's choice in their um, product line, which is a big deal. Hey, Damon. So... You know, I was just doing some research. What does that mean? Is there any stats on that? Like, okay, if you have that designation, how much more does it help you sell? I'm sure it does, but I couldn't find any stats on that. But the stats I did find, I was blown away. I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't realize Amazon, Amazon's going to do over a billion dollars in retail sales alone this year. All yeah. by itself. That's one company. Of, uh, I'm sorry, a hundred billion, not one billion, a hundred billion. Another thing that's also growing, is, um, aside from Amazon, is drop shipping. And for oh, those yeah. of you who don't know what drop shipping is, drop shipping is where you find a wholesaler of a product uh, who will ship that product to your buyers. So you have a website. All you need to do for that website is generate the sales. The sale goes directly through to the wholesaler who ships the product to your purchaser, and you keep the profit. So you don't have to stock any any products you have nothing in stock you just generate the sales and that's huge no doubt another type of revenue for folks is affiliate marketing 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can, you can help generate, we were talking about website traffic. This is why people have affiliates and Amazon does. It's one of the things they do. Like if you're on Bowman Digital, now I don't have any affiliate marketing on any of my websites. That's one of the things that people are surprised when they go to Project Help Your Girl. There's no ads at all. No, there's no ads. And with my website traffic on Project Help Your Girl, that's shocking to people because they're like, well, what's, what do you get out of it? I get the satisfaction of helping people. That's what I get. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of sites like that, that's what they're doing is they're, they're trying to build their volume, the views so that they can, you know, get affiliate fees. And if you, if you have a website with decent traffic already, it is not a bad source of revenue. The reason why I chose not to do any affiliate stuff on Project Help Your Girl was I didn't want anybody to ever accuse me of having motives that were profit driven. Like there was there was a nasty rumor going around the first year when I released Project Help Your Girl that there's going to be a gotcha or a catch 22 coming. There's nothing there yet, but just wait. It's going to happen. I'm like, well, we're three years in and there's still no gotchas or catch 22s. But, you know, eventually maybe I'll get some apologies from those folks. I'm still holding my breath on that. But anyways. Affiliate marketing, drop shipping. I think these are things that people, if you're not familiar with it, you should educate mm -hmm. yourself, especially if you're a website owner, because you're trying to generate traffic. Once you are successful, that's a, a side benefit that you can, you know, maybe get some, get mm -hmm. some other streams of revenue can be super important. Pivoting this year, I think for the companies that are able to pivot, those are the ones that are more successful this year, right? If you're, if you're fixed, you've had a business for 50 years, it's on generation three and you've always done it this way and you're never changing. Those are the, the companies I think that are hurting. Would you agree? I mean, it seems like to me, the clients that I have been working with, the ones that are easier to pivot are the ones that are being more successful and the ones that maybe they, they have 17 layers of approval before they can make a switch or they just, don't see like this internet thing is still a, a trend and a fad is going to go away. There are people that still think that. By the way. <laughs> That's been here for a while. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you think about like the e-commerce thing that I said, 95% by 2040, 95% of, of retail is going to be some form of e-commerce. That is yeah, and you can see exactly why. You can see why. Why would you want your target market to be in your local geographical area when your target market can be an entire country? Or the world. Yeah. That's that's one of the things people with Project Help You Grow, again, they, they are always surprised. Like, oh, if I'm in India, I can, I can get free help finding a job? Yes. If I'm in yeah. Africa? You know what I mean? It's like they're so used to – they're so used to being excluded, they're, they're not even assuming that when I say for everybody includes them. Like, no, I, I, I literally mean anybody, anywhere. I've had jobs in Antarctica on that website. And they're usually research jobs, by the way, like science jobs. But anyways, I, I made a big deal about it on six out of seven continents. It was like a running joke for the first six months, Project Help You Grow. And then it was GE was the first company that posted a job in Antarctica and I made a big deal out about it anyways. Was wow. Like <laughs> as you would, as you would. Yeah. Well, talk about I, I can't even fathom. I've never been to the southern hemisphere ever. So, like for me, Antarctica is a billion miles away. Might as well be. You know what I mean? But you have been to California. I hope you come back soon because I wanna I wanna grab a drink and some appetizers and you know. Absolutely. Look forward to that. Indeed. Look forward so, to that. Let's talk about that at the end here. So I always like this. This is fascinating to me. Sure. LinkedIn is an amazing place where you can meet all kinds of people. Who have you met from LinkedIn in person that is just like an amazing person that everybody should should reach out to? Like, let's let's shout somebody out here. Uh, Corey Warfield. Okay. Lovely guy. Amazing guy. Um, when did will... you meet? When did you meet him? Um, we haven't met physically, but we have had many a Zoom call. Just, okay. just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's day. offline, and that that is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in Melbourne, Australia. He's in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had some amazing phone calls with with Corey. Got a lot I've of time. I've talked to Corey all the time. Uh, it's been yeah. a while. I haven't talked to Corey in a few years, but I used to talk to him all the time. 
yep, lovely guy. Um, I most of the people that I've met via LinkedIn, I have met on Zoom calls and just had some amazing Zoom calls, built some amazing friendships with, with people. And the, the th especially in the last couple of years, especially, um, this year has been absolutely extraordinary. The, the opportunities to build on those relationships because I don't know if people are more inclined to get on a Zoom call this year with the current situation we're in or not but um just it's it's an amazing medium where you can just send somebody a link they click on a link you've already set up the time and you just get on a call just like this and chat tell away me, tell me this what do you think because when it first started it was new i think people were excited to do it right like okay let's have a let's have a zoom call now yep. i don't even tell but when when i send a meeting request i just presume they understand it's a zoom yeah. Like, I don't even say it's a Zoom call anymore. It just is. You know what I mean? Like, here's the link. <laughs> well, the funny thing is there are some countries who actually still have a ban on Zoom. So if you send the link yeah. through to somebody in those yeah. countries, there's some of the Middle Eastern countries. There was some. Uh, there was some. Them, there was some blowback. I want to say it was the summertime. There was some blowback. So I have a Zoom premium <clears throat> account, okay, because, you know. Yep. Um, when I advertised... I can't remember. I think it was a Grow and Excel event. I was doing a Grow and Excel event on LinkedIn for LinkedIn, but it was, it was, you know, a Zoom, it was a Zoom course. It was $20 course. And it was on Zoom. I got a lot of blowback. I, it was like the summertime. I don't know if there was some, I think it's when they tightened all their security or maybe right before they tightened all their security. Mm -hmm. you know, people were like, it's not safe. And anyways, I don't know. But now, like, it seems like there are two options really. There's Microsoft Teams, which I use that with my Exit Your Way group. And then for everybody else, pretty much it's <laughs> yep. everybody else is pretty much Zoom. <laughs> so if I Exit Your Way, it's Microsoft Teams. And I actually like Teams better for a lot of reasons than Zoom. But okay. I have a Zoom. My, you know, my company invested in the Zoom. Account. I think the other thing, too, with, with Zoom was uh, prior to, to Zoom becoming really popular, uh, a lot of people used to try and use Skype. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Zoom just made it easy. You send somebody a link, they click on the link, you're on the call. Um, Skype, Microsoft, are you listening? Um, but uh, nowadays you just send them the Zoom link and, it, and it's just so much easier. So that's why yeah, Zoom. Really cool. Cool. And if there's a plug-in with my Outlook, it just, it's easy. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's 10 times easier. All right. Well, I just looked at the clock and we're a couple minutes over. So we're going to wrap this show up. Thank you so much, Derek, for coming on one more time. I'm going to pull up your website here and get people to see it so that they can find it. This is results-formula.com. My guest is Derek Mildred, and he is a social media coach. He's out there available. He's got a course coming. News uh, on that. I'm sure we'll be we'll be all over social media. And uh, thank you so much for, you know, the chit chat, for educating the audience a little bit from your perspective. And uh, thank you again for coming so early. I'm sorry <laughs> that I got you out of bed early. Oh, but not a problem. My pleasure to be here. Ira, thank you very much for the opportunity. I, I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, uh, everybody. We will be back next week. Let's see. Next week, I have guests scheduled through February now. I sent out I sent out a uh, a chat inviting people you know a, a direct message to about twenty of my friends and pretty much everybody said yeah so I'm like oh okay well we gotta we gotta figure out the dates so next week we have I should have known this already sorry for the delay open just this one and oh it's Allison DeFord so Allison DeFord is the owner of Felt Marketing. And she uh, specializes, she's here in the LA area with me, and she specializes in e-commerce for manufacturers. That's what they, her marketing is, uh, manufacturers. We'll be talking about that a lot. So if you guys are interested in the e-commerce space or the manufacturing space, marketing specifically to those, don't miss us next Monday. You can set your calendar. We're here every Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific. 2 p.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> Derek, thanks so much, brother. All good, my friend. Thank you kindly. It's been great. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Okay.
Thank <laughs> you.